Question 10 of the Baptist Catechism asks, What are the decrees of God? The decrees of God are His eternal purpose, according to the counsel of His will, whereby for His own glory He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. There's a lot crammed into that answer. This is a very important truth, and so we should consider it carefully. I'll read now from Ephesians 1, 3-14, where all of this truth is, is contained. Paul the Apostle wrote to the Ephesians, saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So far the reading of God's most holy word. May He add His blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. If you remember, our catechism has two big parts to it. After some introductory questions, question six asks, what things are chiefly contained in the Holy Scriptures? So, so what are the Holy Scriptures mainly about? Answer, the Holy Scriptures chiefly contain what man ought to believe concerning God and what duty God requireth of man. And so the rest of our catechism is divided into these two parts. Questions 7 through 43 summarize what the scriptures teach concerning God. And questions 44 through 114 summarize what the scriptures teach concerning our duty before God. I love this. The scriptures are mainly about this, what we are to believe about God and what we are to believe concerning our duty towards God. And our catechism follows the same pattern being divided into these two parts. We've been learning about God, haven't we? In particular, uh, questions 7 through 9 of our catechism teach us about God's nature. They answer the question, what is God? When When we are talking about the whatness of God, we are talking about God's nature. What is He? What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in His being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. This is what He is, or who He is, in His essence. Are there more gods than one? We learn to say there is but one only, the living and true God. And how many persons are there in the Godhead? There are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one God, the same in essence, equal in power and glory. So you see, we've been talking about the whatness of God, His essence, His nature. What is He? Well, He is, he is a spirit. He is the one and only. He is triune. Now we're going to move on from talking about the nature of God to talking about God's actions or His works. In particular, we are going to consider God's work of creation, His work of providence, and finally His work of redemption. 
But before we get to God's works, we must talk about one more thing, and that is God's decree. Before God created, before God providentially upheld His creation or upholds His creation, and before God redeemed, what did God do? He made a decree. So what is a decree? Well, a decree is an order, an edict, or a proclamation. If I say to my children, thou shalt clean your room, right? That is a decree. It is a decree. I decided in my mind and in my heart that the room needed to be cleaned. I decided in my mind and in my heart that my child should do it and that they should do it at such and such a time. And then what did I do? I declared it. I made a decree. Thou shalt clean your room and you're to do it now, perhaps, I, I, I say. The cleaning of the room is the action that flows from the decree. So do you see that decrees produce actions, or at least they should, right? Um, decrees produce actions. Fathers and mothers may issue decrees, and so too can kings. Decrees are made by people who have some kind of authority. Those who have authority over some realm may issue decrees regarding what is to happen in that realm. Parents can decree that chores be done, and kings can decree that armies move about that things be built, that monies be collected. These are decrees, and if all is well in the realms over which these decree makers have authority, actions will then follow, you see. Decrees produce actions. When we speak of the decrees of God, we are saying that God has done something similar. He has authority over the realm of creation, and we are saying that God has decreed that certain things happen in that realm, God has issued a decree. Before He created, before He providentially upholds His creation, and before He redeemed sinners through Jesus Christ, God made a decree. I say that God has done something similar. I don't know if you caught that word, similar. Because God does not decree in the same way that men and women make decrees. When men and women make decrees, they have to think about it. Right? Before decrees are made, men and women have to think about what they are going to decree. They have to consider the risks and the rewards. If they are wise, they will consult counselors. And then they must issue the decree to their inferiors, hoping that they will in fact obey. None of that happens in God. God is not in process. He does not have to ponder his possibilities. He does not have to consult anyone to determine what he should do. And when God decrees something, it happens. So then, when we talk about the decree of God, we are talking about something that God has truly done. But we must remember that God has not decreed in the same way that men and women decree. For we have already learned that God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. That has already been established. So when we speak of God's decree, we are using human language to say something true about God, but as we say that thing about God, we must strip away all the, the human things that go along with it, you see. God is infinite. He is eternal. He is unchangeable. He's not in process, brothers and sisters. And so, yes, God has decreed, but He has decreed in such a way that is unique to Him, not in the way that creatures decree. Follow? Very important to consider. So what are the decrees of God? Our catechism begins by saying that the decrees of God are His eternal purpose. The decrees of God are the purposes 
or plans of God. The word eternal is very significant. It teaches us that God made His decree in eternity, or to use the language of Scripture, before the foundation of the world. God is not continually decreeing. He is not doing it in time as He experiences the unfolding of human history or something like that. God has made His decree in eternity. And this is what the Scriptures so very clearly teach. In Ephesians 1, that passage that we read just a moment ago, and I could cite other passages too, but for the sake of time, we'll just stick with this one because it says it all here. In Ephesians 1, the passage we read just a moment ago, um, we do see uh, that, that God has made this decree in eternity. It's about uh, the salvation of God's elect. That's what's in view in Ephesians 1. Um, that's the, the main point of it, that God has decreed the salvation of His elect. But listen to verses 3 and 4 specifically. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him. When did He do it? Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. So this choosing of God, this election of God, this predestinating, when did it happen? The language of Scripture says, before the foundation of the world. What is, what is that a reference to? It's the language of creation. Before God created, this is when He chose. What are the decrees of God? They are His plans and purposes. When did He issue His decree? Not in time, not over and over again as human history unfolds, but in eternity before the foundation of the world. And what moved God to decree what He decreed? What moved Him to decree what He decreed? Our catechism is right to say that God made His decree according to the counsel of His will. In other words... No one external to God offered counsel to God to move Him to decree what He decreed. Are you with me on this? What moved Him? Why why did God decide to do what He did? Who pushed Him around? (laughs) Who nudged Him in this direction? What did He see that caused Him to, 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 to decree what it is that He decreed as it pertains to the salvation of the elect or to any other thing? What moved God... Again, our catechism is correct to say that He decreed what He decreed according to the counsel of His will. This is so significant. Many foolishly believe that God made His decree based upon the insights that He gained from His creatures. Some will say that God elected to save some based upon what He saw them do. But the Scriptures nowhere teach this. In fact, the Scriptures do tell us what moved God. The Scriptures do reveal this to us. The Scriptures address this issue Why did God decree what He decreed? Well, He did it from within Himself, according to the counsel of His own will. That is to say, without being moved by anything external to Himself. Again, Ephesians 1 deals with this. Verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according... Do you see that word there? According to... According to what? What moved Him? According to... The purpose of His will. God decreed what He decreed from within Himself. To decree is to predestine. And here Paul says that God predestinated His elect for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. That is what the text clearly says. In other words, no one offered counsel to God. 
Nothing external to God moved him to choose as he chose. He predestinated from within himself according to his free and gracious will. You know, Paul also speaks to this in Romans 11.33 and following. There's a beautiful doxology there. Uh, Paul exclaims, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways! We all say amen to that. We cannot fathom God's ways. We, We cannot plumb the depths of God's wisdom. He is so far above and beyond us. For who has known the mind of the Lord, Paul asks, or who has been His counselor? The implied answer is, no one. No one can fully understand the mind of the Lord, and no one has ever been God's counselor. Certainly not you or me, you see. Did did I offer counsel to God because I chose Christ? Did I move God to choose me because He foresaw that I chose Him? What an absurd and offensive thing to say concerning God Almighty. The Scriptures nowhere teach this. Quite the opposite. I chose God through Christ because God chose me, you see. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been His counselor? Implied answer, no one. Or who has given a gift to Him that He might be repaid? Now listen to this. This really says it all. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. The words, for from Him and through Him and to Him, kind of sum it all up, you see. For from His decree, through His decree, and back to God, to the glory of His name, are all things. I mean, it's right there clearly stated. So we know that the decree of God is His eternal purpose. We know that God decreed what He decreed from within Himself, according to the counsel of His will. The next question we might ask is, what is the goal? What is God's goal? What is His objective The men and women, parents and kings, when they make decrees, they have goals or objectives, right? When the parent says, thou shalt clean your room, the objective is a clean room, you know. Uh, When the king summons his servants and sends his army, his objective is either the defense of his country or the conquest of another, perhaps. There's always a goal or an objective in mind when decrees are made. What is God's goal or objective? Answer, God has decreed what He has decreed for His own glory. Our catechism says it, and it is right to say it. It's repeated multiple times in that Ephesians 1 passage. Romans 11 also speaks to this. Ephesians 1, 5-6 says, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace. What moved God? Well, the language according to helps us to see that. But what is the goal? What is in the crosshairs? What's the objection? Uh, the, the, the objective, the words to the, help us to see what that is. To the praise of His glorious grace. This is the aim. The glory of God in all things. The words to the indicate the end goal or objective. God has predestinated some to salvation in Christ to the praise of His glorious grace. And that is what the end of that beautiful doxology And Romans 11 says, To Him be glory forever. Amen. What has God decreed? Uh, Why why has God decreed what He has decreed? Um, It is true that there is much that remains a mystery to us. But this we know for sure. It will all be for God's glory. Romans 9 teaches this too. 
even though we do not have the time to go there. If it sounds strange to you that God, that God is most concerned to glorify Himself, then I want you to consider this. Are, are you with me? That, that might sound strange to some. It almost sounds wrong to say that God's leading concern, His leading desire, is His own glory. Is God conceited? You know, that, that would be the, the, the accusation, right? Well, well, consider this. It is wrong for you and for me to live for our own glory. Why? Because we are creatures. But it is right for God to seek His own glory. Why? Because He is God. Indeed, it would be wrong for him not to. God would err. God would sin if he did not seek his own glory. He is God. If God were to seek the glory of any other, then God himself would violate uh, the first commandment, if I may speak in that way. But please hear this. When God seeks his own glory, he does at the same time seek our good. The two things are not contrary to one another. When God seeks His own glory, He does at the same time seek the good of His people. For what is the good of His people except God Himself and the majesty of His name, the glorification of His name? Our greatest good is to be found in Him, to worship and adore Him. So thanks be to God that He lives, as it were, for His own glory. We are to do the very same thing. Lastly, what has God decreed? Answer, he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. When we speak of God's decree, we are talking about God's eternal purposes, and more specifically, we are talking about foreordination. What does that word mean? To foreordain is to order or determine something ahead of time. And the scriptures teach that God's foreordination reaches not just to the salvation of his elect but to all things. Back to Ephesians 1 again, verse 11. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Uh, the Arminians do love to say all means all, don't they? Oftentimes they are wrong about it because the context clarifies and specifies what is meant. But here they would be right. God has foreordained, God has predestined all things. Uh, these things that happen in the world today happen because they flow from the, the decree of God. Paul is clearly teaching that God works all things according to the counsel of His will, not just the salvation of His elect, but all things. Isaiah 46, 9-10 through 10 teaches this. There God says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Notice the passage does not say that God sees the beginning and the end. He does not observe it as if he is a passive observer. The passage says that God declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done. This is a reference to the decree of God. God declares the end from the beginning. His counsel 
will stand. It shall stand. God will accomplish all of His purposes. And consider the words of Jesus Himself. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, He asks. And not one of them, listen to this, not one of them, we're talking about little birds here, aren't we? Sparrows. Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, this is the conclusion that Jesus brings us to, you are of more value than many sparrows. God's decree and His providential care over the world He has made extends even to the lives of sparrows, even to the hairs on our head. That is what Christ taught. I'm out of time. There's a danger in presenting such a difficult subject in such a limited time frame. There are many questions that I've left unaddressed and unanswered. Lord willing, we'll have an opportunity to address them later at some other time. But for now, may I encourage you to read chapter 3 of our Confession of Faith. There you will find a more full treatment of this subject on God's decree. I will conclude, though, by saying that the doctrine of God's decree should be a comfort to us. It's a shame that many get caught up in the questions of, well, well, why this and why that and how does all of this work? Well, that's mysterious to us and it will always be mysterious to us. But the Scriptures clearly teach this. The Scriptures clearly teach us about God's eternal decree. It would be far better for us to do what the Scriptures implore us to do. You heard it there in the words of Christ Himself saying, Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. We should take comfort in this doctrine. For this doctrine helps us to see that the events of our lives are not random. They are not out of control. They are therefore not meaningless or without purpose. No, God is in them somehow and has determined to work all things, the good and the bad, for His glory and for the good of His people. How can this be? Again, there's much that is a mystery to us, but we know it is true. God is holy and just. He does no evil, nor does He tempt men to do evil. Men, by their free will, do choose to rebel against their Maker. And God in His wisdom does permit it. But hear this, the permission that I speak of is not bare or purposeless permission. No, all things that come to pass in time are the outworking of God, God's decree. And God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. And His being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, truth. We've already confessed that to be true. This is who God is, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, in His being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. And this God, the triune God, the one and only God, has decreed all things whatsoever will come to pass. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, help us to receive Your Word. Help us to submit ourselves to it even when we have a difficult time understanding it even when we've been taught otherwise in times past, help us to submit to what the Scriptures clearly teach so that we might order our lives, not according to our wisdom, but according to Your revelation. Would You bless Your church, O God. Help us to rest in the fact that You are doing what You have determined to do according to Your infinite wisdom. Help us to run to Christ and to be found in Him and to take rest in You. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.